After the end of a good fight, you deserve an ice cold reward. Medela is the mark of a fighter. You've earned this rich golden lager with a crisp, refreshing taste. Because you know the bigger the fight, the better the reward. You put in the hours, the energy, the tough labor. You are a fighter, and Medela is your reward. Medela, the mark of a fighter. Drink responsibly, beer imported by Crown Import, Chicago, Illinois. When you need mealtime inspiration, it's worth shopping Kroger, where you'll find over 30,000 mouth-watering choices that excite your inner foodie. And no matter what tasty choice you make, you'll enjoy our everyday low prices, plus extra ways to save, like digital coupons worth over $600 each week. You can also save up to $1 off per gallon at the pump with fuel points. More savings and more inspiring flavors make shopping Kroger worth it every time. Kroger, fresh for everyone. Fuel restrictions apply. Welcome to Five on the Floor, a daily insider show on the Miami Heat and the NBA featuring Ethan Skolnick, Greg Sylvander, and Alex Toledo, plus others from the Five Reasons Sports Network. Welcome to Five on the Floor, the Five Reasons Sports Network. It's Five on the Floor live. I'm Ethan Skolnick. You can follow me at Ethan J. Skolnick at the Five Reasons Sports. Greg Sylvander. We can follow me at Greg Sylvander. We got Brady Hawk 305. You can follow me at Brady Hawk 305. No, Brady Hawk's not 305. Brady Hawk. You can follow the Brady. You look like the Eats live tonight. And Alex Toledo. We're live. Tropical Mike and I know this is we're all over the place. All right, the Miami Heat win 102 to 10. Excuse me, 112 to 103 tonight. I'll get all this right. Um, Good win in Toronto. And it was interesting to me the way that it happened because Miami kept jumping ahead of them. It started at the beginning of the game with I think a 22 to 7 open. Toronto came back. Second half, Miami starts with what was a 16 to nothing run coming out of the third quarter. Toronto came back. Miami made another push later on. Toronto came back, but they never got over the hump tonight against the Heat. So I actually thought the Heat showed pretty good resolve, all things considered. Um, when you had a game, and we'll get into the injuries later, but when you had a game where you didn't have Bam Adebayo, you didn't have Haywood Highsmith, and again, of course, you didn't have Tyler Hero, and there was a major change to the starting lineup, and that's where we're going to begin here. And we debated before um, Alex and uh, excuse me, Brady and, and Greg came on tonight. Alex and I were debating, and so um, Brady's going to lose on this one because Alex and I already made our decision. We're going to go Greg's direction. The Rock Sports Gamer of the Night. First thing we want to introduce Rock Esports Center, which you can find Miami's first esports center and lounge. In Palmetto Bay, we're going to be hosting some live pods there in the next couple of weeks, but we're also going to have another of the 2K tournaments down there. This is where you can play all day. You mentioned five reasons, and you'll get $5 off the $20 all-day game pass. It is a great place. They've got all kinds of stuff. They've got, uh, I mean, every game that you could possibly imagine, competitions, food, drinks, the whole deal. It's just a nice facility, easy parking. Check it out. Again, it's Rock Esports Center. Gamer of the night tonight to me is Caleb Martin. And I know that there is an argument to be made for Duncan Robinson. I get it because he 
in a lot of ways, closed this game along with Orlando Robinson, which is pretty remarkable. We got the Robinson brothers, like we used to have the Johnson brothers, uh, Tyler and James. Now we have Orlando and Duncan, uh, 21, six and seven for Duncan Robinson. But we've seen some of this, right? Like this has been now we didn't see it in past years, but we've seen some of this this season. And he's been used as a closer a lot this season. He's made plays for others in addition to obviously making three point shots. I thought tonight when Duncan to be three of 10 from three, but then nine of 19 overall. So six of nine from two and do the other things was a terrific game for him. But this is the Caleb Martin that we've been waiting to see this season. And there have been steps towards this. And I mentioned many times the Brooklyn game where nobody else played and they just put the ball in his hands in the fourth quarter and he was making plays for himself and others. You could see, Smolcher talks about the quick twitch, but you could see the change of direction from him coming back and the confidence and the backhand flip layups and working the baseline and attacking the closeouts. And it started tonight with making the three-point shots. He doesn't get a lot of lift on those three-point shots. We know that. It doesn't look like they're going to go in. They're starting to go in right now. And now he was 4 of 7 from 3 tonight, 9 of 16 from the field overall, 24 points, 12 rebounds, and 3 assists. But although I put more premium, Greg, typically on closing, to me this was about the start in this game. You don't have Bam. You don't have Highsmith. You still don't have Tyler. You're coming off a horrific performance against Indiana. You needed to get off to a good start. Jimmy was working his way into the game, and Caleb did everything early. To me, that's what made him the most important player tonight. Absolutely. It's so good to see Caleb getting back to playing at this level tonight. Uh, I started playback talking about his jumper looking like it had an extra hitch, which Alex has speculated maybe um, – you know, could be that he's just continuing to get himself back physically as right as possible. And so that takes time and maybe he's overcompensating, et cetera. But then he shut us all up promptly by just continuing to knock down shot after shot after shot. And then uh, started, you know, gaining enough confidence to get to the basket and such. The other thing for Miami tonight, and this is something that the coach Sean Rochester has put me up on is when you look at the, uh, the way that the the shots were distributed tonight, they got 26% of the shots from the rim, 33% from the mid-range, and 41% from three-point land. That's per cleaning the glass. That's a lot more of the type of balanced effort that this team usually thrives off of. Uh, it's getting closer. It's not exactly where you'd want it to be, maybe at the rim a little bit more up in the 30s, but to me – those are those factors that we're looking for. They shot well from three. Duncan was awesome. Um, he could have easily gotten gamer of the night. But Caleb set the tone, and the tone had to be set in a game like this because you're playing a team that is essentially full strength, and you're missing two of your top three players. And so for them to get a road victory like that, this is a positive. You talk about distribution of shots. It's also distribution of minutes that I found interesting tonight so jimmy jimmy played 35 and hawkins played 32 he's in the 30s every game now that's just now that may go down a little bit when tyler comes back because there's going to have to be a somewhat different distribution across the roster but we've seen him he's in the 30s like spolster was going to play him two, you know basically two-thirds of the game that's essentially what's been going on lately josh richardson with 30 minutes duncan with 32 minutes caleb with 31 minutes Kyle with 28 minutes, so they were able to get that number down a little bit with Josh 
I guess, you know, playing some point guard. 31, 33 minutes, excuse me, uh, Brady, for Orlando Robinson as a starter. Five of nine from the floor, two of three from three. He's not going to go perfect from three this season. He made his first six. He's now missed one. 15 points, 12 rebounds, four assists. And I didn't feel like the numbers were as empty as they were against Indiana when, uh, you know, everything was going wrong on the defensive end. I just thought, to me, this is the best game uh, he's played for the Heat in a long time, if ever, actually. And we've talked about Thomas Bryant being out of the rotation. Now here's my question for you, Brady. When Bam is back, does Orlando Robinson play? I think he definitely gets spot minutes, just the way he's looking in terms of He's a guy that doesn't, you know, we were talking actually on playback about how hard a role is when you play like in a three to five minute stint. Like it's one of the hardest roles in basketball. Orlando's the type of guy that doesn't really, you know, need the ball in his hands. He's the he's the type of backup big that Miami usually likes. Uh, so I think he does get spot minutes. But it's interesting when you're talking about the minutes when you see Kevin Love with 14 minutes in a game like this, where I feel like he would be utilized in a game like this, specifically with the guys that they're without. So the fact they leaned on him, especially in the fourth quarter, he rebounded well. He played uh, – I thought he had a good defensive game in the zone where he wasn't kind of being thrown all over the place. Uh, he was physical down low. But the offensive stuff where he's just – you don't see a lot of like post play anymore where there's just like purely just getting the lo- seal, low post, turn into a hook. That's his game. Like I, there was a play late in the game where Duncan drove, got a switch like on Pirtle, and he kind of ret- retreat dribble, throws it into Orlando, and he extended the lead. Uh, it's like five or seven at that point. It's like when you're able to kind of do that where he's punishing switches, uh, like that, that's something that they could utilize because it's not something they were able to do with Thomas Bryant when he was playing because he was not really, you know, somebody they could go to at all, even on the roll as an offensive threat. And you're able to do that stuff in the post with Orlando. That's huge. So if he's able to kind of put up this type of consistency, I was looking at it, you know, I'm not a big plus minus guy because we always talk about how weird that stat can get, but plus 27. Like, we're always so used to seeing these other guys that are not named Bam being absolute negatives or just barely being neutral. You see a game without Bam, but we're sitting here just doing the podcast about what do they do in this circumstance. And if you're able to be a plus 27 in a game like this, like, that is – that's just a huge a, a huge thing to see. So I just think if he keeps playing the way he is – and the big thing I always say, like, especially with the backup bigs and the guys when they're playing for Bam, it's just make as little mistakes as possible. Like, you don't have to pop. You don't have to do any of that. Bam's probably going to do most of that. Uh, just don't make many mistakes. That's why I compare it to Thomas Bryant because there was a lot of mistakes that were made. Even you look at Nikola Jovic tonight. He comes in for a tough three-minute stint. Once again, one of the hardest roles you could play is come in and play in that that type of bracket. But he made some mistakes. You look and go down to Orlando Robinson tonight, I feel like he's played his role to perfection. So that, that was kind of a good thing to see. Alex, the Heat started off this game allowing like 58% um, to Toronto in the first quarter. I was stunned when I just looked at the final number. Uh, Toronto ended up shooting 43% from the field. Now, some of that seems self-inflicted, but, you know, to have you know, Schroeder, who's been playing pretty well, shoot four of 18. Barnes had a had a little bit of a run there in the fourth, but he was five of 17 overall. I mean, Siakam and Ananobi did some good things, but I guess to get back to that, I mean, you know, to get back to holding a team to 43% shooting after we saw against Indiana, but also in the first half tonight, like they, you know, they gave up 66 in the first half. What, in your view, changed defensively for them in the second half? Because we know it starts there with them. 
I mean, they were just on top of their game. Like the 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 mistakes just weren't there, and it like this Raptors team is not one known for their offense. And I just think like giving up sixty six to them in the first place, it's like honestly, it's unacceptable. I don't care if Bam is is there or not. I know it's a road game, and again, like credit to them. This is a great win for them without Bam and Tyler again on the road. The Raptors are middling as it gets. They're like the definition of middling them and the Chicago Bulls, but. The thing is, they're still a tough team to play against on the road. Again, without Bam and Tyler, like this, that's not a guaranteed win by any means whatsoever. Uh, with all the length they provide, they still have pretty good players. And I just think with all that said, like the defense was just much better. I, I, I thought the the execution and attention to detail was much better in the second half. Like you mentioned, it was 66 for the Raptors in the first half. And in the second half combined, it was, what, what 37 points? Like that's that's the difference right there. And then you look at the turnovers where the Raptors finished with twice as many as the Heat. The Heat also won the points off turnovers um battle. And I think it ends up kind of coming down to those things where it's like you end up playing the identity game and who can play defense better, right? Who can muck things up more? And I think the Heat did a better job of that tonight. Um, even without Bam, again, on the road. I think it's impressive. Like you held the Raptors to a bad half court offensive rating and a mediocre overall one. Again, they're not a great offensive team, but without Bams, it's a plus. It's a plus that you were able to do that because that's kind of been the thing with the the their other fives. And we and we talked about it on the pod. We're gonna, you know, where we addressed the sub bam, the drop off is huge. And I think you see it the most defensively, even though Bam is a great offensive player as well. Um, I think that's where the bigger drop off happens from Bam to the next guy. And so being able to kind of I think just stymie them offensively uh, in the second half. Shout out to them, man. Like they they just did a much better job and they held the Raptors and and into a, I, I just think a kind of bad offense throughout the entire second half. Like they never felt like they, they could get into a rhythm. Whereas in the first half you had like Siakam and Gary Trent and all these guys just getting whatever they wanted. Yeah. And we know, we know that Toronto can be a little bit erratic, offensively and i i think that that's a team and we talked about teams in the eastern conference that may need to make trades they need to make a trade the, the mix just doesn't work right now they've got a lot of players on their own that are interesting and probably could command uh something on the open market but with all the free agency free agents that they have um and it's just it's it's not a great mix right now like Masai needs to pick a direction uh but i want to i want to touch on a couple more things here before we get to the play of the night um i i thought with, with jimmy tonight uh he had a little trouble i thought uh i'll go to brady on this first I, I thought he had a little trouble kind of getting fouls called uh usually like like some of the i, I thought some of those drives uh, and when he when he was near the basket that he'll get to the line maybe a little bit more often than that this felt like one of those games where jimmy sort of realized that caleb had it going and just sort of let him go early in the game and I'm just curious in your view, how if as Hawkins continues to emerge, right? As Caleb continues to find his legs now, and he seems like he's fully back to what we saw towards the end of last season, where at least he's, it's in him. It's not just mean he's going to do it every night, but he's capable of this again. How much do you think Jimmy will defer to guys like that to allow them to kind of take over games for pockets of of the contest? Yeah, well, if he's doing it now without Tyler and Bam, I think it's clear that he's going to be doing it more long term. I, I think 
we were talking about this on playback as well, because I was always interested in kind of the before the season, how the Jimmy and Jaime lineups would look. I was interested in how the Jaime and Caleb lineups look. And you're running these lineups with Jimmy, Jaime and Caleb, and they're seamless. Like they're you look at the case where they're three similar builds that can play in a similar fashion. But as I said before, like they don't get in the way of each other. Like they're not guys that are just kind of crowding the same spaces. Like they they're so multidimensional. Where yeah, Jaime can run in the mid post. Yeah, he can run in a, a pick and roll late in the fourth quarter. But he also doesn't need the ball in his hands because he could slide down that that baseline and just wait for his defender to make a mistake. And the same goes for Jimmy to answer your question because I I think he would be glad to defer to a Jaime Hawkins if he's capable of running actions late in the fourth where he could kind of just play his off ball role like that feels like an ultimate Jimmy Butler thing especially what is it December I don't even know December something Jimmy wants to defer to a lot of those other guys. Uh, so I think that's kind of the big thing for him. But either can I just say we're almost 17 minutes into this podcast and we have not mentioned Duncan Robinson's name. Like I that, was that, gonna go to him next. But I just is, were you waiting for the 55th minute stuff. for his number? Were you waiting for the like? Can I just say no, before no, you go no, to somebody just, else with it? I really do believe, and this is why we would have uh, we would have had to like go back and forth on the gamer of the night. I thought that was Duncan Robinson's like best all around game of his career. Like, I really did believe, like, if I was to kind of really pinpoint that. Wow. In terms of just the way he was running offense and getting them into their sets, his passing ability tonight, which we've continued to see, but, like, it was actual playmaking. Like, they, they Josh Richardson was kind of a mess <laughs> in that fourth quarter. I thought it was a little bit too much of Jay Rich kind of running down the floor and setting up offense. Once they got the ball and settled it down to Duncan's hands in these sets, it changed everything. Like, I was mentioning the play earlier where he got it to Orlando. But it was also the stuff he was doing defensively where I think that might have been one of his best defensive games of his career. Just watching this stuff. Like, I, I remember I said something. I was like, this this has been, like, a great defensive game. The very next play, he was, like, guarding the guy at the top of the key, sprints down when the corner guy drove and draws a charge. I'm like, the stuff he's doing in, in the growth that we've seen on both ends of the floor where we're talking about Jovic and he just comes in the game and he gets two quick fouls. And it's like, how do you build off that? Well, Duncan Robinson did it. Duncan Robinson has got to the point where I'm not saying he's an above-average defender. But he's doing stuff where he is staying on the floor late in the fourth quarter because he can be serviceable on that end, like the stuff he's able to do. So I just quickly wanted to say that because it felt like we were taking too long to get to that because I really hey. did feel like he had a major game. Seven assists, but, but, zero turnovers. I mean, what what kind of Duncan Robinson is this? The point guard the situation is not a situation. That's right. But it, you know what? It, it does raise a good point about the way the NBA views these things. Because he has no chance to win most improved player. None. Okay. Just, just like Hawkins has no chance to win rookie of the year. I mean, Chet's going to win it most likely. But like, it, and he has no chance to win it because the NBA, uh, that award values the wrong things. That, that award is typically given to a guy whose minutes increase. So it's, a, it's somebody who shows promise and then gets bigger role, bigger minutes, and gets most improved player. And a lot of times, it's someone who was a top five, top 15 pick to begin with. It doesn't value players who literally make themselves better when nobody thinks that they're going to get better. He has no chance to win that award. So I see a lot of this MIP stuff in, in the, uh, in the comments and I, I'm in agreement. He's the most improved player on the heat. Uh, by a lot. I, think. I can't remember a guy doing that. And then we can move on. Right. to the. I know Brady doesn't want to move on from Duncan, but I can't remember a heat player. And honestly, like even branch out to the NBA, anyone listening or viewing this hit me up on Twitter. If you can remember a player that 
built his game and changed it and evolved like this. Thank you. I, well, I, Lopez. I mean, I'm, I'm trying to think of Heat players because typically there is with Heat guys, it depends again whether they were the developmental projects or the first round picks, but typically there is trust that's gained. Then there's a ramp up in minutes, right? And then the player becomes what he's going to become. And then if he's still with Miami, there's a tail off at a certain point, right? When the player ages out. But you're right, Greg, to have, and we were talking about it off air, and we can't come up with anybody either. To have this kind of, to have a guy who comes out of nowhere, right? Emerges because of a single skill, one skill, right? Hey, it's Ethan Skolnick for Five on the Floor on the Five Reasons Sports Network. As you know, we heard from Pat Riley recently. Everybody has an opinion on trades, free agency, who they should keep, who they should give up, who they should get. Well, whatever it is that Riley and the Heat do, you don't want them giving up too much and getting too little, right? Well, the same is true of shaving products, and that's why I use Harry's shaving products. I love the way it handles. I love the way it looks, and I love the quality of the shave. I have a little bit of trouble growing out a good beard so better to just shave it off and make sure that it looks somewhat professional. These are German-engineered blades made in their own factory, so they stay sharp longer. It means you can use them longer. And also, they've got customizable delivery options for scheduled refills as low as 2 bucks, half of what you pay for other big brands. Also, I would recommend the shaving lotion as well and the body wash. So check it out. You can go to harrys.com backslash five. That's harrys.com backslash five. You'll get a $13 trial set for just three bucks. Again, don't pay too much and get too little. Same is true of shaving as NBA transactions. harrys.com backslash five for your $3 trial set. After the end of a good fight, you deserve an ice cold reward. Medela is the mark of a fighter. You've earned this rich golden lager with a crisp, refreshing taste. Because you know, the bigger the fight, the better the reward. You put in the hours, the energy, the tough labor. You are a fighter. Medela is your reward. Medela, the mark of a fighter. Drink responsibly. Beer imported by Crown Port, Chicago, Illinois. The future is a hefty responsibility and not one that we take lightly. But then taking things lightly has never been what hefty is about. That's why we've created the Hefty Renew program that turns hard to recycle plastics into valuable resources like park benches and building materials. To participate, simply fill up an orange Hefty Renew bag with accepted items, tie it up, and drop it in with your regular recycling. That's it. It's that easy. It's time to rethink recycling with Renew. Particular valued resources may vary by geography. More info available at heftyrenew.com. And then can't do that thing as well anymore. Loses his confidence, right? Loses the confidence of his teammates. Let's be fair about that, too. It wasn't just that he lost his confidence. Even his coach lost confidence in him. The coach who pounded the table to keep him. That Spo was the one who wanted to keep him. And then he stopped playing him. And then he elevated Struess, another undrafted guy, ahead of him. And to have a guy who does that and then comes back like as a super-powered version of his previous self, where it's not even about him hitting the threes anymore. Like, yes, he had a critical three in that run, but it's not like, okay, Duncan is ineffective if he doesn't jack up 12 threes and make four or five of them. Like, it, that's not the case anymore. It's a totally different player, but he will not win that award. There's there's just no chance. Uh, he won't even be in the top five. I, I can tell you that. Because, it's, again, it's just not what the voters value. But, Brady, thank you for getting to him. So maybe he would be in the top five 
if I got to him in the first three minutes of the show instead of the first 17 minutes. Uh, but but now we're going to get to somebody else, and we do this every night. We've got uh, – we want to thank her first thing because Lynette is one of our biggest supporters uh, at the network. She was on playback with us. She's on Discord, and she's here in the comments. And now we're going to introduce the play of the night. And now it's time for the Insurance by Lynette Play of the Night, sponsored by insurancebylynette.com and A Aggressive Insurance Agency. You can reach out to our friend Lynette at 954-581-8800. That's 954-581-8800 or insurancebylynette.com. That's insurancebylynette.com with two N's and two T's. Your best play for auto insurance, homeowners insurance, condo insurance, life insurance, or a retirement program. Reach out to Lynette at insurancebylynette.com. All right, Alex, I'll let you describe it since we collectively picked it. Oh, okay. So the the play of the night, oh, my goodness. Like, it just wasn't even – to me, it wasn't even a contest. Jaime is – I can't even call it a poster. But he got Scotty Barnes. He just I'm, said, I'm not going up for that. I'm not going up with him. I, clearly, he made some a, a business decision there, but Hake is just powering past him with the first step, and just elevating, man. Like he really has shown that off. That uh, when he kind of gets a full head of steam, the guy like he really can show off the vertical. And again, I think that the the clips of him beating out uh, KJ Martin, and um, I believe he's a football player, Drake London, in that yep. dunk contest in high school. We're going That's around cool. social media like the That's guy. Cool. The guy has the guy has bounced, man, and just every time he shows it off, it's fun because I feel like most of his game, he doesn't really get to show it off. So like fundamental and footwork based, right? Like he, he's like an old man game with a crazy vertical at like six seven, also with like a you know an, an, a grown man body. So it's just like a com- a fun combo of like you know body and skill and. When he gets to do stuff like that, man, it's it's so fun to watch. I want to uh, pivot to something Brady was saying earlier about how with Jimmy with Hakez looks fluid, right? Jimmy uh, with Caleb, as Caleb has lifted his health, uh, looks fluid, right? Uh, Hakez with Duncan. Looks incredibly fluid. We may do a whole episode about about duos and why that is. And I've talked to both Duncan and Hawkins about it, but we should get into more depth on it. So why do we have concerns about Jimmy and Tyler? What what's the difference? I, I guess I, I'm asking just for the untrained eyes, so to speak, here. Like what why has it looked at times like the two of them are taking turns? Whereas it doesn't it, it doesn't seem to bother us. Maybe they are taking turns, but it doesn't seem to bother us when when Caleb takes over for a period of time when Jimmy's out there, or Hawkins takes over for a period of time when Jimmy's out there. I'll let Brady and Greg both jump in on this. Brady first. He's smarter than me. No, I'll just say, I think the first thing I think of, other than the fact that they're both super high usage, so it's like different than a role player comboing with Jimmy, the off-ball stuff is the thing that stands out. Because as much Mm -hmm. as I say... Jimmy does the off-ball stuff. He doesn't do it to the extent that Jaime or Caleb or Duncan or a lot of these duos are doing it. And obviously, Tyler is a different story as well. Like, it's not constant cuts and movement and all of that stuff that it's almost like they're benefiting most when on the floor together of having the ball in their hands. And the other one has to do something 
a little bit more that they're not accustomed to, if that makes sense. Like, I, I just feel like that's kind of the biggest thing there where if you're going to have both of them on the floor and, and play like at a high level where they look seamless, you need the three other pieces to be spacing and moving correctly. Like you just cannot have those stints where everybody's standing around watching Tyler or Jimmy work because if you look at when things go right, it's when Jaime yeah. and Duncan and the, all the others are constantly moving and getting into their action. So I feel like that's kind of the easy way to explain it. But also, can I also say that maybe we're uh, overdoing the fact that Tyler and Jimmy can't play together? Like I think that's also a certain part of it, in my opinion, that I, I think that's that that's well, maybe going to go state. I, no, I want to clarify that because I know it, I know no, I know what you're saying. I'm just not saying they can't play together. It just, I, I, but obviously Spolstra has seen some of it too, which is why he was staggering them the way he was to start the season. So part of it is you need firepower in in both units, and so that was one of the reasons he was doing it. But part of it is that there has been a benefit to separating them at times. And and to me, it, maybe it's more eye test than anything else, but it does it does look more natural. With Jimmy playing with more like guys like him, which is weird to me. Like it's usually if you have duplication there, you're bumping into each other. We saw that with like yeah. LeBron and Dwayne. They're too smart. But this just seems normal. Yeah, I know. Okay, so so this would be the next question on this then, and probably should devote a whole pot to this. But who would you put out there with Tyler and Jimmy? Like what what would make the most sense? I mean, because the opposite for sure. right? But Jaime okay. for sure, um, because you need guys that are going to make the right plays and move to the right spaces, and Jaime is just doing that at a at an unbelievably intuitive level. Um, the rest of the lineup it would depend on matchups, etc. I think that uh, Brady hit on it. Like I'm glad that he he confirmed that I was going in the right direction. It's about movement. It's and it's also about this, like. And, and I'll ask the panel this question. Do you think that there's less movement when Tyler has the ball because everybody subconsciously just doesn't – like the percent chance that they're going to get a pass goes down? Like is that – do you think that that could potentially be a collective thing amongst the con- subconscious of the team? Alex, jump into that. Not really. I don't think so. I think Tyler gets a little bit too much – um, when it comes to his passing, like, I feel like he's generally pretty varied when it comes to, like, I feel like earlier on in his career, he was somebody who would, I feel like, determine more. And I think say that, too, from time to time about uh, as far as, like, his reads and how he plays out of pick and roll and stuff. But, like, I think his favorite option coming out of the pick and roll, like, his favorite two options is either, like, when, when he's doing it with Bam is that little dump down pass, the pocket pass into the, into the Bam uh, mid-range or to, you know, find his own shot in the mid range, but I think he's shown like a good amount of willingness to find the shooter. And he's talked about that at length in post games too. When, you know, when, when a guy like Brady Hawk asked him about his, like his process and all that, he goes into, I think how he reads the game. And I really do think he's improved throughout. I, I, I just think for me, like, it's hard to not make it like, um, like a, like a bias. What What's the, it feels like confirmation bias when it yeah. comes to the Tyler thing because it's like I, I I really liked what he was doing when he was playing, but I just wish the off-ball stuff was happening at a higher level, at a volume, I should say, at a higher level because I do think that's really where the upside is for him. I think he, he's got to be moving more often. Not that he stands still. I'm not I'm not saying he's like that where, he, where he's a complete off-ball zero, but I, I do think there's just – for a team that's lacking offensive juice – I think there's something like there's meat left on the bone when it comes to 
Tyler Hero's off-ball capability. Like he, he's somebody who they could use more often there. And I think his off-ball stuff right now, his off-ball impact when he plays really comes down to, you know, is he hitting the catch and shoot, which he's been really great at throughout his career and is having was having a career year at that so far and his catch and shoot. And he I love that he's been upping the three-point volume. Like all that stuff is great. So the there's off-ball impact there. But as far as like, you know, the majority of his buckets coming because of him playing off ball. I don't think he's there yet. And I just think it would make it easier on him because of his physical limitations where it's not easy for him to get by a lot of guys. So if you're just constantly playing on the move, if you're playing with a built-in advantage, I think Tyler playing is Tyler is skilled enough to be able to make quick reads off of that. And I think it would just make it easier for him and the team. I think what what's, what's interesting about his absence is that, we are praising Duncan Robinson for doing some things that Tyler does that we've taken for granted a little bit from Tyler, but I'm so surprised that Duncan is doing some of those things. And I know others are that Duncan deserves the praise for that. But now when Tyler comes back, if guys are standing around when Tyler has the ball, there's going to be criticism that comes down on Tyler because of that. And a lot of it, as we've talked about, is, is likely unwarranted, but it's just going to happen. And I, I'm just curious to see what some of these rotations are going to look like. And before we get to the injury report, I mean, my overall thought about this team right now is, is this. I think this is a fascinating group. Like they, they've had like last year until they made the run of flight playoffs, like the, it was a to me, it was a boring season. Like we struggled after games to come up with podcast ideas and between games because they had this kind of stayed group. We knew what positions everybody's supposed to play in. This team is so much more variable and interchangeable. He can close with different guys. He's got interesting two-man combinations. We've seen Caleb and Josh kind of work their way back into shape, and now we're seeing what they – I just think it's it's a really interesting like science project for Spolstra. Yeah. This year, which I think is making for, uh, to me, better content, but also just it's a more interesting regular season to watch. Like, I'm compelled by this regular season. I was not by last regular season. And some of it is Hawkes, but some of it is Duncan, and some of it is seeing Caleb get back to that level, and some of it is seeing Jimmy adjust. And now, whenever it is, Bam comes back and Tyler like, comes back. Like, to see they've never is. had so many interchangeable wings, man. Again, Wingstop, get on it, man. Sponsor us, because this is going to be uh, all year with this. This one's free wings. All right. Uh, we do want to get to the injury report here, though, and our friend Eric Rubenstein. And now it's time for the official Five on the Floor Injury Report, sponsored by our friend Eric Rubenstein, the personal injury attorney. Born and raised in Lauderdale, Florida, lives in Miami, went to St. Thomas. He's a South Florida guy and a huge Miami Heat fan. But the important thing is he can help you get your money that you deserve when something happens to you. So reach out to our guy, Eric Rubenstein. Again, ericrubenstein.com or ask about me. I got you on Instagram. And now... The injury report. All right. We touched on this a little bit at the beginning of the program, but Highsmith did not travel. Bam did not travel. We knew both those things would happen. And there still is really no clear update on when Tyler is coming back. I mean, we're extending a little bit further out than the best case scenario for his return. It's not problematic yet, but it looks like it's going to be at least a few, uh, a few more days. As far as Bam goes, uh, you know, his comments to reporters, I was not at the last practice, but his comments to reporters to me were a little concerning. Uh, he made it seem like, you know, again, he, he couldn't guarantee when he's going to return. We did a podcast on that right before 
those comments. But at least now, I think the, the good thing that comes out of tonight, we talk about like these little green shoots throughout the season. So there's Caleb in Brooklyn. Okay. We saw things with Duncan earlier this year with Hawkins. The fact that Orlando Robinson is a playable big now for 30 minutes on the road and you can win a game closing with him. That's, that's good. <laughs> like that's, that, that's because huge it also right now. Bam, well, Greg, it buys Bam a little more time too. I think because yeah. I don't think they could trust Thomas Bryant to, oh, to no. hold it down. But but obviously they they feel that they can trust Thomas uh, Orlando Robinson, and we've seen this coming. And and I think not only is it promising with Bam being out, but I said before the season they wanted Orlando Robinson to beat Thomas Bryant out. It's nothing personal with Thomas Bryant, but they're always going to favor their development with their own guys paying off because that guy's been in the system for a while. They will always favor their own guy, but they want the guy to earn it. And I feel like they put Orlando Robinson in a position where he's had to earn it and he's had to improve. And we saw a large part of the improvement tonight. And I think as much as we praise Duncan, we praise Caleb. Jimmy played a pretty good game. Hawkins had the dunk. To me, what we'll remember about this game is Orlando Robinson, like made himself a viable contender for, you know, a rotation player this season, and it may allow you to rest Kevin Love a little bit more, which is another positive. No, absolutely. I didn't know if you were heading to somebody else. Uh, I think that it would be the absolute best-case scenario because they've had him in the pipeline. Uh, I'll continue to say when we talked to him, it was one of the the highlight interviews we've had, highlight conversations we've had with a player in a long time on our show. Uh, That guy knows – his strengths, his limitations. He's about as self-aware as a player can be. So I think that that is, it's good for Orlando Robinson as a person, but also for this team, each one of these wins, these road wins, you're not supposed to go up there and beat Toronto when they're basically at full strength and you're missing Tyler and bam, you get that win. You're buying bam a little bit extra time, get bam to Christmas. How about that? Like the Christmas gift to heat nation can be bam out of bio matches up with Joel Embiid on Christmas day. Um, But until then, I think they should be really, really careful. They're going to be really, really careful. And nights like tonight, I think you're seeing that they probably will be able to survive throughout this. Um, And before we, we close up shop here, I do want to give y'all a statistic to chew on and marinate on as we go forward. Uh, there is a stat on cleaning the glass called to assist to usage ratio, and it's essentially the assist rate compared to usage rate. So how often did a player get an assist given how much they had the ball? Duncan Robinson is in the 65th percentile at 0.77. Tyler Hero is at the second lowest of his career, 0.77 also, but it's the 25th percentile. And you know what that has to do with? It goes back to what Alex says. A lot more usage. That's true. And we're going to see how that plays out. But, I mean, who needed a point guard when you had Duncan Robinson at home? Thanks to Greg. Thanks to Brady. Thanks to Alex. Thanks, as always, to our listeners, viewers. We will do more of these lives on the road game. So be on the lookout. Um, We're going to try to do more of these as we can. Alex Brady and myself will be at the game on Friday. Alex, what is this, is there some stat you want to get in here? Because no, if you do, I, we got to get that sponsored. No stat, no stat. I'm here trying to remind you to, to advertise the Discord for our live YouTube audience. Yes, thank you. See, that's a quality close, okay? We have a close. Oh, wow. Orlando, Orlando Robinson. Check out Off the Floor. You can chat there all during the game, after the game, between games. And also you get the host updates from us. We've got a trade machine channel. 
We got all kinds of stuff on there all day long. If you subscribe to the old off the floor, seriously, this is like, there's no comparison between that one and this one. It, that was just us sending you texts. Here you get a whole lot more and you can interact with each other. It's right here in the description on the YouTube channel and on the podcast feeds. If you have an iPhone, do sign up on by the way, because you're going to be paying Apple an extra dollar. Yes, we're trying to save you a buck, too. So we, we, we try to make uh, things easier for everybody here. All right. Sorry about the weird open tonight. We'll be back with a new episode tomorrow. Thank you for listening to The Five on the Floor on the Five Reason Sports Network. After all, someone needs to listen to my dad. When you need mealtime inspiration, it's worth shopping Kroger, where you'll find over 30,000 mouth-watering choices that excite your inner foodie. And no matter what tasty choice you make, you'll enjoy our everyday low prices, plus extra ways to save, like digital coupons worth over $600 each week. You can also save up to $1 off per gallon at the pump with fuel points. More savings and more inspiring flavors make shopping Kroger worth it every time. Kroger, fresh for everyone. Fuel restrictions apply. Save big on your Memorial Day barbecue, all in the Kroger app. Get half gallons of delicious Kroger milk for $1.29 each. Then get flavorful Tyson Natural Boneless Chicken Breasts for $2.49 a pound, all with your card and a digital coupon. Shop these deals at your local Kroger today, or tap the screen now to download the Kroger app to save big today. Kroger, fresh for everyone. Prices and product availability subject to change. Restrictions apply. See site for details.